Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this episode, we talk about the Michigan baseball team's dramatic run through the Big Ten tournament and into the NCAA tournament, plus some quick updates on basketball and hockey coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, we talk here Tuesday, May 31st in the morning. Uh, we're going to start with the Michigan baseball team, with, which just won the Big Ten tournament. Uh, and, and Zook, I want to ask you about it, but I, I, you know, try not to get too riled up here. All right. You know, I'll I save want, it for I, later. I, I want uh, your energy. All right. But I don't want you to get too riled up about this. Uh, but I'll set the scene here. Five games over four days. Uh, Michigan went four and one with a championship victory over Rutgers on Sunday evening uh, to, you know, clinch an automatic berth into the NCAA tournament, which was the only way they were getting in. Uh, so, yeah, t- tell us about this run through the tournament and we can get into some specifics. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty remarkable considering how poorly they had played at times this season. And they won it by knocking off the top four seeds in the Big Ten, <laughs> including, uh, yeah, including number one seed Maryland. Uh, they beat Rutgers, who was the number two seed in the finals, 10 to four. And they had just played earlier uh, early, a couple of weeks ago to close the regular season and Michigan won two of the three. Uh, but Rutgers scored a ton of runs against them. And really pitching has been the Achilles heel of this team all season really came through uh, their top guys came through this uh, during the tournament. Uh, I mean, Chase Allen pitched eight innings and, and only allowed two runs. One of them, only one of them was earned. Uh, Jacob Denner. I mean, he, he began the year as the team's number two starter, but he struggled in 2022 and, and allowed three runs without recording an out on Saturday night in a loss to Iowa. And then he comes back for his Rutgers and is just sensational four and a third one run allowed in seven K's against the conference's top offense and, and Michigan kind of just continue to pad their lead from there. So really a, a remarkable run and, and their offense has been hot all year and, and continued that trend in this tournament, 48 runs in the five games, uh, a lot of hits from the top guys. So really, really an incredible run of five games in four in four days when uh they didn't get much sleep as as the reporters as well <laughs> they got hot at the right time and we talked about this last week i think they took two or three from Rutgers last week yeah and at that point Rutgers, i think were the, they were the number one team entering that weekend at least in the big 10 and then you, you they got hot i mean it happens it happens all you see in the you know the ncaa men's basketball tournament or the conference tournaments you see it all the time so it's not a shocker especially when you're able to put up runs like they have been uh, we talked about you know p- pitching potentially being their Achilles heel. That wasn't the case over the weekend. They they played well. They're well rounded. Uh, they won the games they needed to. Uh, it was a interesting tournament format, interesting tournament. But they they got the job done at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I won't address that yet. I'll continue to talk about the the performance before we we get into that. But oh yeah, yeah I, I want to address it. Let's, yeah, let's address it at some there's, point. There's been uh, I was at the selection show yesterday and talked with with Coach Backage and uh, a few of the players afterwards and. Yeah, there's a lot. There's some parallels between this uh, this 2022 team and the 2019 team. I mean, obviously, the 2019 team didn't need to win the Big Ten tournament to to qualify for the NCAA's, but they needed to win three games to to do so, and they and they did that, and they received the last at large bid into the tournament. And obviously, they know we know they went on all the way to the to the College World Series final before losing to to Vanderbilt in the deciding game three. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know, something about this team in that ballpark, the big 10 tournament wasn't played the last two years, but the last tournament that was played wasn't in, in 2019 at that, uh, Charles Schwab field in Omaha. 
Uh, obviously, they played well there in the College World Series, and then we're back again here for the Big Ten tournament this year and, and won four of five. So uh, they found a nice little home away from home and, and have played well there, and uh, they're, they'll be looking to make another run through uh, through the NCAA regionals and super regionals to try and get back there. So you two sort of tag team the the coverage this past uh, weekend remotely, uh, you know, of the games in in Omaha, and uh, yeah, as you kind of alluded to, it was it was kind of a disaster. This Michigan's first game started at uh, ten fifty three p.m. local time in in Omaha. No, eleven. So, oh, in local. Uh, yeah, local yeah, time yeah. In so eleven fifty three Eastern. Uh, the next one was 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 ten thirty nine Eastern. Uh, Rutgers and Indiana started a game at 11:53 local, so 12:53 a.m. Eastern Did not time. finish until 4:14 a.m. What are you doing? And I feel what are what you doing, about, not getting, You know, not getting too riled up here. This is going to be, <laughs> but but this is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like, and I feel like that game, that last one you, you just mentioned, like that determined when Michigan's game would start that next day. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, yeah. like they were Michigan had to wake up at 6 a.m. just to see if they would have to play at 9 a.m. And then they went back to bed because they knew that they only had to play later. So yeah, it's just <laughs> an absolute crapshoot of a schedule. Um, yeah. And there will, I, I don't know. Should we get into it yet? Or, or continue well, yeah, to talk we're getting about into the it here. For All sure. right, yeah. Like, uh, and I, I'm just joking about getting riled up or whatever. Like the, yeah. the, as as Aaron kind of mentioned too, it's a double elimination tournament until it's not. Um, you know, Rutgers only lost one game in this thing, but they I know were the, eliminated. The Michigan fans are going to want to hear this, but Rutgers they deserved another game. I mean, you, I think they went what four and zero, three and zero during the tournament up until that final round game against Michigan. And yes, I know you get like the advantage of the rest, and and you know the, it helps with your pitching because you're not playing, you're playing fewer games, mm-hmm. but. Like you said, it's double elimination until it's not double elimination. To me, that just doesn't make sense. Either make it a single elimination tournament or play double elimination all the way through. So Rutgers never really got an opportunity to play it. To you know, they essentially lost after losing their first game. So it and just then happened. they were one of the last four teams out of the NCAA tournament right. too. So it was just a double whammy for the for the Starlet Knights. Yes, a double elimination in that sense. Yeah, they they yeah, it seems like they deserved a spot. I mean, that's a separate issue, I guess, but. But yeah, it's interesting. They just set it up that it's, yeah, you kind of you play a double elimination format to set up a championship game. Uh, and that's how they decide to to roll with it. Uh, you know, there was, I, I guess, so there was, you know, there were weather problems on the first day of this thing, right? I mean, that's what kind of set up a, this possibility for all these problems. But still, I mean, if this was the contingency plan, there was a, there was a problem from the start. Exactly. And you know what? Hats off to the Sunbelt Conference who also was affected by weather, but they were smart and said, hey, you know what? Let's be wise and and move it from double elimination to single elimination. And boom, look at that. Made things simpler. So kudos to them. Uh, I guess I was told yesterday by uh, the uh, Michigan SID um, that the Big Ten coaches discussed changing the format, but only two were on board for a single elimination. So, um, I mean... I appreciate those coaches, but not enough to to make any changes. And yeah, there was, I mean, the and another issue is just the games. The games are all three Long. between three and four hours. It's Some like, went longer than four. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, there's got to be something being done. The the 
obviously a lot of runs scored, but like the, the reviews taking some, one of the games, there was a, a 12 minute review, not a Michigan, but in one of the other games, 12 minute review, like this is just getting ridiculous. There needs to be a way to, to, to shorten these games. I'm all for seven inning baseball games in, in college, anything to, to get them done, done a little bit quicker because yeah, it's getting, uh, getting a little bit out of hand. Baseball is set up to be a double elimination especially in tournament setting. I play high school baseball. I played plenty of travel and everything else. It, it makes sense because, again, baseball is very much a pitching matchup situation. Right. If you don't have your best pitchers out there, you can be beat on any day, and you might be the superior team. So double elimination makes sense. But as you guys mentioned, that, that day one rain out where those first couple of, couple of games were you know shelved and they had to push everything back, at that point when you know you're – timeline is shrunk and you think you know, and, and it becomes apparent that you are going to be playing well into the night and some, and some of these other games you got to change the format it just it, it doesn't work for anybody i mean these games where you mentioned the indiana game that um you know that went until four in the morning like no, no one was in the stadium watching it. there were maybe a couple hundred oh, fans guess, and, yeah and no one's watching a big 10 network so what, like what are we doing here you know it's like and, and look, and the players may not may not may not have complained. Um, you know, they may have been fine with it, but you know, it, it just it's not right. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to the folks watching or those paying attention. It's not fair to the schools. Um, it's not fair to Omaha, Nebraska. It's hosting this thing because no, who's going to come out and watch a game at midnight on Saturday night? Exactly. So right. It, it you just, could have played two games at the same time, uh, right. you know, on different fields. That would have been another, uh, right. Know, but that's possibility. not right. But they, the big 10 doesn't want that because they want every game televised live on big 10 network so they can sell ads and, and make money yep. and everything else. So it's, it, it's a tricky situation. And from what I understand that the big 10 had not only the big 10, but every conference has to have their automatic qualifier submitted to the NCAA by midnight Sunday night. That was the other thing. The NCAA Correct. tournament field was getting announced, so they couldn't necessarily push things back, you know, Correct. days. Which which is fine. But then at, yeah. at that point you got you got to call an audible and say this is going to be a double or a single elimination or find it like you said, find another field to play games on at the same time. You know, Big Ten Network be damned. I mean it is what it is. You can throw the other game on, I don't know, it, it just whatever. But it's got to be done. So I don't know. The format was awful. It, just the way it transpired, it was frustrating. As someone, and I have no like, you know, I was I was casually following. I have no, you know, um, you know, bias. Right? No, there's there's no nothing hooking me into watching these games. And I was frustrated watching, staying up till like you know three in the morning watching this. I'm like, this isn't fair to the kids. This isn't fair to the staff. This isn't fair to anyone paying attention. Um, right. But the Big Ten Network, excuse me, the Big Ten feels the need to finish this game by Sunday night because they have to, and they want to get every game on television. So it's, I don't know, they, they got to change something or do something different, you know, because what, what if, you know, in future years, what if the first two days get rained out? I mean, then what you go to, yeah, you, you have to go single elimination. Do you chop yeah. it? You chop teams out? Like it's just, it's just weird. That's it. Find some indoor baseball stadiums to play in <laughs> or do something. Uh, in, in the middle of this all, you had a Michigan pitcher ejected for a uh, you know substance on on his on his glove uh, that he was he was going to. Uh, I mean, it was very weird. I, I wasn't watching live, but you know Willie Weiss he fa he faced one batter. He threw one pitch, right? He yeah. he hit a batter with that pitch, and then was ejected before he faced the next batter. I mean, I seemed like maybe he needed this stuff. I I don't know. Like what what was that all about? Is this and, and do you have any insight on on how common this is as far as you know ejections or you know you know we kind of know about it a lot of people maybe know about it on the MLB side that they started checking for this stuff and, and there really haven't been ejections lately but yeah on the college side I'm not really sure yeah that's that's a good question I, I don't know how many suspensions there have been but we we did speak with Backage 
yesterday and, and asked him about it. He's like, look, yeah, this this happens in baseball, but this should not happen in our program. So, it, it, I mean, I assume it, it has happened. I don't know how many people have been caught. But, yeah. yeah, watching the replay, it's like uh, that looked pretty obvious that Painfully he was doing something obvious. there. Yeah, like you're in the, the – there, there's TV cameras on there. Like it's a big game. Like you do you not think that that people are going to be paying attention and watching you while you're on the mound? Like it's like, man – not not a good look for for the program at all, and, and he's been uh, given a four game suspension, deservedly so, because yeah, you, you don't want that in the game, um, and it's kind of unfair to to the opponents too. So um, definitely thought he, he deserved that suspension, and he will miss the the first three games of the of the NCAA regional if Michigan even even gets three games. So yeah, it's uh, quite. It was quite the interesting situation. You don't see that every day. Just another, another uh, thing to to delay the game even more. Yeah, and to your and to your point, Ryan. You know, credit to to Back, and she came out and after even after the game on Big Ten Network in his post post game interview, he he owned it. You know, he said that you know we we can't allow that to happen. It isn't representative of the program and, and and everything else. So it's you hope that's the only the only situation with them you know going forward you know some folks you know want to throw out cheat or whatever but uh, it didn't really impact the game like you said Ryan or Andrew it only only threw to one or two hitters and you know the, <laughs> right. the game was a blow I think they run ruled them Iowa that game yeah. anyway so it didn't really matter at the end of the day but certainly yeah not not a good look for the, the team I mean, that could have been a huge momentum swing mm-hmm. I mean at that point the game was four to one in the fifth inning Iowa gets their leadoff man on with the, with a hit, hit, hit batter. And it's like, all right, they have to bring in a cold pitcher now who hasn't warmed up at all. Uh, they're, they're fired up after, after the player was ejected. So I'm like, I'm like, wow, like this, this should open the door for, for Iowa. And then all, all Michigan does is just respond to the next inning. It just pours it on the rest of the way for the 13 to one victory. So a, a nice response from Michigan and, and they carried that, that momentum into the the final later that day. You know, they beat all the you know top teams during the regular season uh, in, in this weekend here in Omaha to to clinch the bid. So, yes, they're in the NCAA tournament, the Louisville Regional, uh, you know, Louisville, another another program. We talked about this, uh, the softball team, just another school that Michigan plays and a lot of different things all the time. Uh, but they will open with uh, Oregon um, on Friday night, um, 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN plus. Uh yeah, Oregon, Louisville, uh, and Southeast Missouri State. That is correct. That's the yeah. other team in that in that Louisville. Yeah. So Louisville's the host. Do they have seeds like they do for softball? We yeah, know which so one Louisville's the, the number 12 overall seed. Okay. So, yeah, what's, I guess, early uh, reaction to this draw? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it'll be interesting. So the, Michigan does have history against Louis, Louis, Louisville. Uh, played them three times in March at Louisville. And it was, I mean, I didn't watch any of the games, but I saw some some highlights. They basically played in a snowstorm, at least one of the games. Uh, but Mission lost five to three and thirteen to one, and then won sixteen to seven. So a little bit of success there, but obviously two losses as well. Um, Louisville finished uh, first in the Atlanta Conference in the ACC. Um, so a, a very good team. ACC is a, a very strong conference historically in, in, for baseball. Uh, but they lost both their their first two games in the in the conference tournament too. So uh, they're they're tenth in the in ERA. So Michigan could be could be able to put some runs up against them if they face them at some point. Um, and then Oregon, if, if we thought there were some long games in uh, in the Big Ten tournament, there could be this this Friday night opener could be a lot long game too because they can they can put up some runs. Led the league with a three oh six batting average. Number two in runs scored, number three in home runs, 
And obviously, we, as we know, Michigan can can, uh, can definitely store some runs as well. Uh, so yeah, 35 and 23 for the Ducks finished fourth in a very tough Pac-12 conference. And they also lost both of their uh, their two, their first two games in the conference tournament. So if if you believe in in momentum and and carrying hot streaks into the tournament, obviously Michigan is the the hottest Power Five team heading into this regional. Um, and, and we'll see if they can can keep it going. Uh, that Pac-12 tournament had some just absolutely crazy games, but I, I don't believe Oregon was a part of them. I think it was. No, uh, I, like I know U- that the UCLA and was it Stanford. Oregon State. I oh, think in Oregon State. Was yeah. that the 20? It was they both were in the 20s. One team scored. Yeah, it was 22, 22 to 12 heading into the ninth inning. <laughs> and then some team stores nine runs to tie. It ended up being a 25 to 22 final. Just like the, some of the stores in college baseball this year, like are, have just been incredible, man. It's I don't know if it pitch it sounds like pitching's down everywhere. Um, but it's it's I couldn't even imagine covering a game like that. So yeah, that's that's the draw for for Michigan. They'll they'll start this weekend and yeah, try to uh, try to recapture some of that magic that they found in uh, in 2019. Um, you know, we said we had we had some quick updates on some other sports, and and that's really what it is. It's pretty quick. The NBA draft deadline, while well, the NCAA's deadline uh, for players to w- withdraw from the NBA draft uh, is quickly approaching. It's it's Wednesday tomorrow, June first uh, at 11:59 p.m. Eastern time. So they have all through all day tomorrow. Uh, and, and that group includes Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston of Michigan, uh, two freshmen who entered the draft. And, uh, you know, you're in it until you're until you're not. So as, as far as we know, they are they're, they're still in the draft, uh, you know, try to reach out to their agents to try to get a better feel for, you know, when that announcement is coming as far as their, their final decision. Um, you know, neither are big social media guys, especially Houston. Uh, so so we'll, we'll see. Um, I guess my my inkling right now is that they're both going to stay in the draft but uh we will we'll find out here in the next next day or so you never know and we got some fireworks today uh turquavian smith i, I just saw this actually espn yep. was reporting potential first round pick from nc state is withdrawing and going back to college who said he wants to play in school for one more year so you never know yeah well again and it's it's obviously huge for michigan to what what they end up uh deciding for their roster so we'll see on the women's side emily kaiser's coming back for a fifth year taking advantage of that covid year a couple of years ago you know that's huge for michigan that you know a team that loses so much uh you know to get a returning starter back is big uh not not shocked by that decision you kind of just saw the way you know the you know i did do a story on her during the year and asked her that if she was planning to take advantage and she said you know it, it would be nice to play again you know i, I didn't play so much my first couple of years uh and just the way you know it was very clear like danielle roush was gone you know in her post-game press conferences after the tournament and then did go take a you know job on a, on a staff somewhere else and you know nas hillman going to the WNBA, and, and there wasn't you know any talk really about amy dilt coming back but 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 Kaiser, it was, it was just a little different. It was kind of quiet. It wasn't very clear that she was not coming back, and now she's made it official that that she is. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a big lift again for Michigan team that loses so much. Actually, you know what? That actually reminds me. It was not discussed pre pod, but some more roster notes for for another team. Michigan softball lost two of their yeah. two of their key players to the transfer portal uh, last week. Oh, I mean, Alex Taraco. A uh, pitcher who's been dominant since she, since, since she stepped foot in Ann Arbor uh, will look to play her her fifth year elsewhere. Um, just an absolute uh, and one of their two aces from from the last few years. Um, she'll yeah she's pursuing a graduate transfer as as well as catcher Hannah Carson 
uh, who was one of their top hitters this year uh, in all Big Ten Conference honoree, uh, also uh, during a player her fifth year elsewhere, too. So two huge losses for the Michigan softball program. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I mean, any any insight on that, that those are those are huge losses. I mean, you know, again, they they play they, you know, had career full careers at Michigan in a way, um, but they're continuing to play. They're playing another season, just not at Michigan. I mean, never know, I guess, a, you know, scholarship deal or didn't have the spot for them or what. But yeah, I mean, I, I would think that they would find a way to to get to keep them on scholarship if possible, but it could be. Uh, I mean, it could be uh, for uh, to get a degree elsewhere too, or right, just, right. so it's you just never know. And I know Michigan signed two freshman pitchers this past year, uh, who are freshmen this year and, and got a little bit of time in the circle and, and pitched pretty well. So, uh, maybe the reins are being handed over to them a little bit, but yeah, I mean, Megan Bobian is, is just played her fifth year, so she's graduating, and uh, and then yes, yeah, is is now gone too, so it's that's two huge losses. So We'll we'll see if uh, what if Michigan what, what Michigan does in, in the meantime. But yeah, no, I mean it's tough to say why why they're leaving and they didn't, didn't announce it. But it's uh yeah, it is it is some some tough pills to swallow for the Michigan softball program. And then lastly, uh, a hockey update. Uh, Mel Pearson uh, is what's the deal uh, with him as far as Michigan uh, hockey is concerned? It's May 31st, which means, yeah, 31 days after his contract expired and um, it still hasn't signed a new one. So can't get into too much right now, but I will say this thing could be, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it continue. It might continue on a little bit longer before any resolution happens. So um we'll we'll try and have an update by um, by next pod and in the story on mlive.com here soon but yeah stay tuned and there could be some uh some more news coming on on this front here pretty shortly right i asked you this before we start recording has there been any like recruiting fallout i know with with the, with the coach not our contract i have to think recruits are maybe second guessing coming here i, I don't know what's the situation not, not, at, at, not at this point so um yeah i mean they still they signed their recruiting class uh, in, in the winter time, and and it's uh, and I think everyone's still on board. They just added a, a top player too to to their recruiting class. So, uh, and it seems like all their future guys are are still committed at this point, to my knowledge. So so far, there hasn't been any fallout on that front. But uh, again, you just never know. I mean, if it could it could happen quick if there is a uh, if anything does happen as far as Mel, if Mel Pearson's status changes here in, in the next couple of days or weeks. We're trending towards like previewing actual hockey games for the season and still unsure. Of who it, it's is. unheard of. I mean, I, I don't know of any other situation where a similar situation to this anywhere at this point. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but it is definitely an interesting uh, saga that, that has transpired here for, for Michigan hockey. And, and just to be clear, he is still on the job. He's still the head coach. He just not under contract, which means he, you know, he he can be hired somewhere else. He can leave to go somewhere else. He's just not uh, under contract to the University of Michigan, correct? That is correct. Yeah, he's still been. I mean, if you follow on Twitter, he's he's been at a lot of Michigan sporting events. He's been at the rink a lot. Um, so yeah, it's he's still operating as the head coach, but does not have a contract. I will say I did FOIA for the two assistant coaches contracts, Bill McCult and Brandon Arado, and and they're still under contract. They are just entered year two of three year deals that they signed for last year. So uh, yeah, they, they do have two coaches under contract, just just not their head coach. Well, stay tuned for coverage of that. The baseball team, uh, the NBA draft decisions, and, and everything related to Wolverines Athletics on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thank you for listening.